You're tuned into Rob and Evan on Native Sun DC. Well, greetings to everybody out there in podcast land. This is the Native Sun DC podcast. My name is Evan Redman, and I am uh, joined today by the Native Sun DC crew. To my right, hombre numero uno, Robert Klein. How are you, sir? Doing very well. How are you, sir? I mean, I'm, I'm speaking Spanish, so that tells you something. I don't know what it tells you, but it tells you something. Uh, across the aisle, uh, but still on our side of the aisle. Matthew Yancey. Hola. Como esta? Hola, hola. Como esta, uh, senor? Bien. Bien, y tú? Bien, bien. That's eh. all I got. I tap out after that. You tap out after bien? Yep. <laughs> you, don't, you don't go any como, como tale, co, no, nothing, no, no phrases just, that start with como. You're speaking Chinese to me. Okay. No. All right. Como tale vous? I think that's French, isn't it? Indeed it is. Yes. How, how is the, the same word for how or what in Spanish and French? How is, the same, how is that the same word? That seems weird to me. Are you really asking me that question? I, I mean, I'm asking you for language tips. I feel like you would know the answer. To I, that don't, I don't. I don't know. Well, there's a lot of a lot of words that actually. That's a Romance language, and many of the words in Romance languages are the same. That Romance language would be Spanish, French, Italian, a few others. Uh, Romanian Romance language. You know, if I'm not mistaken, hmm. that's starting to sound like a either a kibble or a bit. I think we're getting into some kibbles and bits. You want more bits? Oh, I got your bits right more here. Kibbles, bits. Personally. Okay, well, you want a kibble. I'll give you a little kibble. Um, I, have a, I have a bone to pick about with, with the NFL Network channel today. One of my favorites. I've, I've, I've always liked it. So yesterday, uh, after the second football game, uh, by the way, just so you know, uh, today is the day. After the Washington football team uh, lost to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, the final score being uh, 31 to 23, I believe, was the final score. Uh, we're very, very happy with the way they showed up, especially with, uh, you know, yes, with Taylor Heineke uh, making really his first start in a long time in a playoff game in a tough environment. So we are obviously going to get into all that and all the playoff action. So that is what has happened, in case you're wondering, like, is this a sports show? Why are they talking about sports? non-sports things we're going to get all sporty with you in just a minute but you know as our tradition is we you know in our introduction we kind of shimmy our way into the seats and we make this sound and we kind of talk about some other things like how was your day like how how was uh how's that frisbee throwing contest that you entered yesterday <laughs> yeah right <laughs> on my couch yes exactly <laughs> exactly 12 hours of Gluttony and football. Yeah, all right. So we're going to get into all of that. But the thing that really pissed me off with the NFL channel yesterday was like, so I sit down after the second game and I've got some work to do. I've got a client. If I want to get paid today, I've got to finish it up. So I was doing that. And I've, and so, you know, when you're surfing, when you're surfing games, like, you know, you've got your, your hundred channel block on your TV guide, on your Verizon, Comcast, Xfinity, whatever it is you have, you know where your channels are. You've got like a, a block of channels. For me, it's the it's the five hundreds. I'm all about the five hundreds. Everything that I watch, almost all of it is in the five hundreds. All ESPN, all the local channels, everything is in the five hundreds. And so I 
and I know what an NFL game looks like when it's on the screen. It's just a big stick. There's nothing else on it. It's three hours worth of programming, and it just looks a certain way when it's on the screen. So I'm in my 500s, and I see NFL football, and I'm like, that's the game that's on. I'm thinking it's going to be the Browns and the Steelers. That's that's last night's game. Uh and so I turn it on, and you know, you hear the familiar, you know, the announcer is in the background. You hear fake, in this case, fake fan news, uh, fake fan noise, and all that, all the trappings of a of an NFL football game on television are, are happening in the background while I'm on my computer working, sort of paying attention, but not really. And all of a sudden, it occurs to me, I'm like, wait, 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 wait hey, you know, I'm I'm trying to do some web work, and I look over the TV, I'm like, this isn't the game that's on tonight. This is the this is the Colts Bills from yesterday. It's really funny you said that because I fell uh, victim to that same exact snafu at right at right at kickoff time, right at one o'clock. Yeah. I was on the wrong channel, and I was like, "This is not the game that's supposed to be on right no. now." So why in the hell is the NFL channel replaying yesterday's playoff game, or in this case, two days ago playoff games yesterday at the exact same time that? The live playoff games are going, and yeah, and, and not only are they, like, sometimes when they do, like, a replay of a game, which I'm happy to watch sometimes, uh, they'll do, like, a condensed version, they'll say, this, this you know, the, this program will fast forward to fit the, the format of the hour, you know, we're running out of time, so we're going to cut out the boring plays, whatever language they use, but they didn't do that, they, they aired this game as if it was live. And I'm sure somewhere on the, in the, on the screen in tiny print it said, you know, aired yesterday. But when you're working at your computer, you don't see that. It, it took me about 30 seconds to figure it out, but I was still embarrassed that I didn't know that it was a network. That's a network TV game. Yeah, so it is. And, and again, but it, I was just busy and, you know, I'm so used to hearing football. It was just all these habits that I've developed over the years that, you know, I just assumed a certain thing based on those habits and the, that thing was not true. And so all of a sudden I'm like, wait, wait a minute. This, this had game happened yesterday, so I go and I'm like, pff, first of all, I'm thinking the only reason the NFL channel is doing this is to fool people. So they get their ratings up. They're literally hoping that you don't notice that you're watching the wrong football game because it's on at the exact same time. That's and totally what they're doing. It's totally it's what they're doing. That has to be it, right? Because... If it wasn't it, then they, then they would condense it, or they would show it at a different time, or they would make it way more obvious that this was the game that was not on. How many people got did ha, that happened to yesterday? And it's you, you don't assume it because you never see two games on at the same exact time in the NFL unless they're both live. And so this felt live, but then all of a sudden it was like, wait a minute, it's dark outside and it's light on, and the game I'm watching something is wrong. I was like, this is the Bills, and then I flipped to the Brown Steelers. And it's twenty-eight to nothing, Browns. And are you talking about at nighttime? You, yes. So this okay. is the, the 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 first quarter is not even it's ten nine or ten minutes old, and the Browns are already up by four touchdowns. No, my jaw doesn't normally actually hit the ground when I'm surprised, but I think it might have. When I saw that score, I was like, "What?" Yeah. <laughs> Dude, you need to sit down and write a letter to Commissioner Goodell. <laughs> Explain to him your issue. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure we'll get right on it. He's threatened many letters to many different uh, yes, uh, companies in uh, the past, uh, Matt. Dear NFL. Dear NFL. This is dear, Evan. dear game developer, I was playing your video game and a thing didn't happen that I was expecting. I hate you. Sincerely, Evan. 
<laughs> that's uh, I'm I'm better now. But anyway, that that just pissed me off. I missed that whole action. So yeah, the the Browns basically it was the same almost thing that the the what was it the, the the Broncos did when when they played the Seattle Seahawks in the in the Super Bowl. The Peyton Manning had the snap go right over his head on the first play of the game. What yeah. happened in that game? Ben Roethlisberger snap went over his head the first play of the game, and they fumbled another stat, snap. I mean, the Steelers just did not. They were not ready for prime time last night, but we'll get into that as well. Uh, the other thing I should mention is that there was a, a coup attempt against the United States. That happened. That's you know, I guess we're not really even going to get into that, but that that did happen. Uh, a couple of sporting things that uh, relate to that. Number one, uh, the PGA, uh, the major, the PGA uh, tournament. PGA Championship. Championship. Thank you very much. I'm like my brain farting right now. 2022. The 2022 was being played at a Trump golf course that they have now. Uh, they're going to find a new venue for that. Uh, you know you're in trouble when you've lost Pat Robertson and golf. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> Every, the, someone had said it's like this is the rats are jumping the sinking ship. I mean, we had Mitch McConnell's wife, who is also a cabinet member, oddly enough, who resigned. Uh, somebody else resigned. I'm like, dude, you can't resign with 17 minutes left in the administration and pretend that you are now found some sort of moral code that, and, and now you, you, you can't deal with this Trump administration. But that the res- but, resignations are happening and people are pretending to be horrified by what they're saying. Uh, the, the dear leader, president, also did just give the uh, Presidential Medal of Honor to Gary Player and Annika Stor- Sorenstam this right. week. Two golfers. And two, they accepted it. And they accepted it. Uh, Gary Player being Bill a... Bill Belichick is getting it this week, this Thursday. Mm-hmm. How about that? Hmm. I did not know that. Uh, Gary Player, incidentally, was a uh, hardcore supporter of apartheid. He was South African, South African. golfer, and he was uh, apartheid as racist as some of the stuff that happened in this country. Apartheid was stepped it up by a, a factor of two or three, and Gary Player was a apartheid poster boy. He was all about it. So that's, I mean, it's just, you can't even get into it. Listen, Capitol Police were beaten over the head with sticks tied to American flags. They were woefully unprepared for this event, were they not? Dudes showed up with handcuffs. It, anyway, we won't, it's, it's crazy. Uh, we're over it. We're going to get to sports. Stay tuned and we will get to uh, the Washington football team's uh, playoffs and as well as all the other playoff games that happened and the ones to come. So that's all heading your way. Stay tuned. At the Equal Justice Initiative, we believe mass incarceration has to end. We have to confront our history of racial injustice and commit to a new era of truth. And the truth can inspire change. Please learn more at EJI.org. Heineke, he's got an empty backfield, takes the snap, steps up, has to dip away from Shaq Barrett, stays alive, cuts through a couple of defenders, avoids another to the 30 and slides down at the 29. What a play by Taylor Heineke. That's a play. Yes. Hey, I ain't calling it Taylor Heineke Michael Vick, but that was very Michael Vick-like. <laughs> very Michael Vick-ish. But that's what I want Taylor Heineke to do when you're an ultra-athletic quarterback. Use what God gave you. When you get in that pocket, D-linemen don't want to tackle uh, athletic mobile quarterbacks who can make you miss in space. Ooh. 
How about that, Taylor Heineke? I will say that I was on record in a comment on the Washington Post. Uh, you know, you can make a comment online if you read an article, and I um, we're talking about when Dwayne Haskins was released a few weeks ago, and uh, and I said, you know, watching Taylor Heineke play for the one quarter that he did, you get the sense that. I mean, if, they, if he'd been the quarterback for this team the whole, you know, I'm just basing this on one quarter of what I saw. I was like, man, the, this team would be 9-6 and six instead of 6-9. and nine. And, and and somebody commented, I was like, yeah, you might think that, but then as soon as a guy like that gets three or four games worth of film on him, things catch up and he, he doesn't look quite as good as he used to. I was like, you know what, that's actually true. And that's something that I do want to talk about as we go on. Um, so later, but I would like to say that I I thought that I was not surprised to see him play as well as he did. I was really not surprised. I sort of expected it. That was kind of the performance. It was better than I expected, but I expected him to, to play well. He was an A-plus. That was a valiant effort by the young man. Uh, it absolutely was. Uh, real quick, we uh, uh, in the kibbles and bits section, which is uh, how we've been opening the show as of late, uh, I've always made a point to mention Rudy Giuliani. I don't know. It's I, your boy. I sort of feel like no matter where your politics are, you can you can get right in line with making fun of Rudy Giuliani. There's just something so easy about it. It, it feels so effortless. It's like a it's a nice car ride in a convertible on a warm day down to the beach. It's just easy. Let's just go go ahead and make fun of Rudy Giuliani, shall we? Because we all feel better. Like as soon as you see the, the lower portion of his mouth, you immediately feel like a better person. That's at least I do when I see Rudy Giuliani. Um, but recently, he said uh, in a speech that. It was time to uh, have, I'm trying to remember the exact words, um, legislation by combat. Uh, it, was something along, it was something along those lines, or legislation or something by combat. He, but what he was saying is that the situation politically in this country has gotten to the point where we now need to get violent. And he said that, I think, on the morning before the insurrection happened. Wow. And so... Donald Trump is being accused of saying insightful things and, and, you know, having them on Twitter, which, by the way, he's now been banned from Twitter, from Facebook, from Instagram, and the right-wing app Parler has now been banned by Google and Apple. And I don't even know if you can get it on your PC anymore. I guess you have to at some point. But anyway, everything has fallen apart for this guy. But Rudy is in real trouble for saying, uh, I kept trying to remember, it was legislation by combat? Do you, remember, do you know what I'm talking about? Do you hear this? No, I get most of my politics uh, political commentary during uh, every Monday during the show with you yeah. guys. I, I heard him saying something along Something like lines. that. It was something by combat. And then a few yeah, hours later, brilliant. dude showed up with handcuffs at the, at the Capitol. And totally helpful. The other thing I can't, wrap my head around is the woman who was shot and killed. Uh, she was a Trump supporter and QAnon conspiracist. And she was one of the first people who breached, like once the glass had been breached, she was one of the first people to actually go through the window. And so... She's an Air Force veteran. Air Force veteran. The thing that gets me about her is she was a, an Obama supporter. Like she was on record as supporting Obama and ha having voted for him. At, at some point in time in her life, I don't know if it was just the first or the second, I'm not really clear on that. But the only conclusion I can come to is how a person can support Obama and then be the first person in the Capitol to break through in this political environment. I mean, you have to be trained to hate that much. You have to be trained. You have to be like, it's almost like you had to go to a class. I don't know, get it. Anyway, uh, Rudy, you might be in a little bit of trouble. You might want to get yourself a good lawyer because you're not one. Um, anyway, <laughs> uh, we had some interesting stuff happen in the district, uh, recently. Uh, we had some 
Bad news from the Wizards, unfortunately, on the injury front. I'm sure you'll get to that. But we have some nice news. Uh, a little turp soup, a little a little turtle soup we got today. We did indeed. All right, so now, it's time to leash up that pony. Around the district with Rob. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna get to that guy. You're Sorry, I kind of jumped the gun. There. I know you did, but I was I was Itchy rambling. Trigger finger. I was rambling. I was rambling. You, you, you were you were you were appropriate to play the music of the bit. That's so. all right. We got so much to get to today, but let's indeed take a little ride around the district. Let's first get on Wisconsin Avenue and head down to Georgetown. All right, let's do that. Top of the circle jumper by Griffin. Short rebound run down by Dante Harris. Two on one break. Harris gets the ball off to Jamari Sibley, who scores to cut it to 68 65. The freshman one on the floor. And now with 3 0. Things aren't really going very well at McDonough Arena and for uh, head coach Pat Ewing. Uh, this was a little little bit of a soundbite from uh, Wednesday's loss to Butler. In an, another game in which they were ahead by double digits at halftime, and they ended up losing and playing poor defense. And it's sort of more of the same, Matt, is it not? Yeah, more of the same. They don't know how to close out games. I don't understand know. what's happening. Well, I mean, again, you lost half your team last year. You've got a bunch of new guys in here trying to learn how to play together. You've got young people and seniors. Jamarco Pickett had been struggling. I mean, he, I don't know what he had. You're probably looking at it. But he's finally, in the last few games, starting to score. But he was an invisible man there for a while. It's like, whoa, you, you know, you're supposed to be the leader of this team. Yeah. Where are you? He was, he was scoring in single figures for so, a couple games in a row there. Um, uh, then they turn around and lose. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, my friend. Go ahead. No, it's just. Continuing that it's going to be a long, okay, yeah, tough it seems season, like a long campaign. There is hope on the in the future coming on the horizon. Yes, there is. Uh, they lost uh, Saturday, seventy four to sixty nine, to our tribal uh, Syracuse, and uh, even weirdly enough, uh, head coach Jim Beham's son, Buddy Beham, actually led the, led the Orange with twenty one points. Pickett did drop also twenty one points and get nine rebounds. Uh, next up for the Hoyas, they'll face DePaul on Wednesday. Let's finish it up there and get on Route 1 and head out to College Park. Wiggins the handoff to Galen Smith. Into Marcel. Marcel inside the three-point line. The pull-up jumper from Ooh. 15 is good. Marcel's got himself a new season high. 17. So that's actually sound from yesterday's game in which they defeated uh, number 12, Illinois, at in Champaign, Illinois, um, which are... It's a really big win for, for the club. They went on the road and beat number 12, Illinois, and also went uh, to Madison and beat number five, Wisconsin. Those were two of the bigger wins in the, uh, in the Big Ten this year. Yeah. However, it's still such a mixed bag you get with the Terps because they got blown out by Iowa and uh, Murray alum, Luca Garza. Super frog. Super, super frog. frog. He's a super frog, super frog. He's super froggy. Uh-oh. I'm still wondering what kind of pro that guy's going to be. I don't know. I think he's going to be a good pro. Super froggy. I'm telling you. He's going to have a leaping ability. Anyway, so for the Terps, uh, that, that brings their record to 8-6 and six on the season. And they actually have a couple of days off. Nebraska, ba- basketball powerhouse Nebraska, will be traveling to Xfinity Center here on Saturday night. I told you so. Let's, uh, let's, take a, let's, get, let's get on the uh, subway and head, down, head downtown. Hachimura, left wing outside the arc, Garrison Matthews for three, it's there! Oh, it's there! Garrison oh. Matthews, he loves playing against the Heat, he's feeling the Heat. Garrison Matthews now with 20, 112-104. Yeah, he was feeling the Heat burning him up inside. It's still it's still more of the same for the Wizards. Yeah, they lost 128-124 to Saturday night to the Miami Heat, or that's a good team. Uh, both Beal and Bradley Beal and Westbrook both didn't play. Beal, because of COVID, Westbrook's got an injured quad. 
But unfortunately, they also lost starting center Thomas Bryant for the rest of the year. Uh, he tore his ACL. That sucks. And the what, team is what now, was his height? What what are, what are Bryant's? Is uh, I mean, is he seven footer? Or is he six ten? Six eleven? Six eleven? Something like that? Yeah, he's he, a big dude. He can shoot too. He had been balling out. Yeah, you know, it's a shame, man. That guy really was balling out all effort. Yeah. I like him. I like that guy a lot. What, how, how, was the uh, was the injury uh, from contact, or did he just kind of tweak it? You know, you know, twist his knee, or do we? I didn't sure. see it. It was in the, like the first two minutes of the game. Oh, really? I, I don't know. It was something under the basket, and he just kind of went down. I didn't really see it though. Okay. All I got here is torn ACL, which means just ain't, like that, he's ain't playing for the rest of the year. So bye bye. Yeah. The, the the doctor who can figure out a way to make ACL stronger is going to make a lot of money in the sports and medicine industry. Come a long way with that one. Yeah, but it, more is needed. It's a good thing they play so much good defense on the Wiz. That's yeah. You know, it was they'll survive. Try. I'm sure yeah. they'll be fine. How long is Coach uh, Scott Brooks going to be the head coach of the Wizards? I'm waiting. I was ready a year ago to get this guy out. Uh, So the Wizards are now 2-8 on this young season, and they're going to play the Phoenix Suns tonight, as a matter of fact. Um, Okay. Let's go. Let's let's get on the green line and go down to uh, Nats Park. All right, this is kind of cool. Uh, the Nats signed 27-year-old. I, I didn't realize uh, Schwarber. Uh, let me just go ahead and read the copies. Uh, the Nats signed 27-year-old uh, left fielder Kyle Schwarber to a one-year $10 million deal. I'll sign your Schwarber. I thought he's been in the league for a little longer than that. He was a member of the Cubs World Series teams and uh, was a good ball player for them. So they, yeah. what, they're going to slate him to play in left field now? Is that, what, is that what's going on? He's only 27. Yeah. Um, yes. Left fielder. I mean, he's not a great fielder. No, he's awful. He's a klutz, but he's got a lot of pop. <laughs> but it's like we're trading Eaton for this guy. He's right. got the pop. He'll strike out. Got klutz but, with pop. Klutz with pop. <laughs> but it's a big bat, you know. He strikes out a lot, too, though. But I guess, yes. uh, you know, he's going to play left. And uh, I guess Soto's now going to officially move to right, which uh, I guess they sort of started yeah. instituting that at the end of last year. Yeah. And I'm looking. He had 38. Like, his last full season was 2019. He had 38 home runs. That's not to be followed with. 8-7-1 on base percentage, so he walks a lot, too. Okay. You know. it's I, All right. I want that. I can dig that. You know. Along with Josh Bell at first base. Now you might have a couple of you dudes that can hit the ball the ballpark a little bit. So you got Juan Gomes. You got Bell at first. You got Starlin Castro at second. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe Carter Keboom at third. Oof, boy, let's hope Although, so for him. They got the Luis Gonzalez kid. Let's hope. Let's and hope then, for um, Keboom. Trey he, Turner he, at short. Yep. Robles Soto and uh, Schwarber. All right, there you go. I think we need another starting pitcher for sure. Also, yeah, they still have stuff to do. Yeah, they do. You know, there's time. There's plenty of time. Yep. Mike Rizzo can uh, he'll, he'll probably pull something off pretty good. Uh, let's wrap it up just by saying around the district, uh, the Washington Capitals are going to be starting their season here. Suddenly, it's hockey season again already. Yep. Well, I know it doesn't. Well, first of all, let's mention for 10 seconds how weird it was to watch the NBA finals and then blink and then have new NBA games in a different season. I was like, did did they they stopped playing, right? <laughs> they crowned a champion. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm They've just delivered checking. the trophy. Yeah, it doesn't they... feel like it. It doesn't feel yeah. like the season they, has I stopped. Think, I think they might have started the next season before they even ended the last I'm season. pretty sure. And. Boy, it was weird watching golf in November. I, I, I don't, I don't need to watch the the Masters in November ever again. That's also starting up again. Golf, I think next weekend in Hawaii. Yeah, and, and the Masters is on is on schedule to be to be on time. And the, from what I understand, the whole golf schedule should be should be fine. And we're not going to get through this COVID stuff until it sounds like uh, Fauci said yesterday it's going to be 
it's going to be the fall. It's going to be we're, we're going to be doing some form of this social distancing mask stuff all the way through the summer. FYI, hey, that's going to affect our our sports situation. Rob, not to step all over your caps. Go ahead, but read. But I was looking at the uh, the betting odds mm-hmm. for the caps because they're not picked to win the division, but they are uh, fifth. They're picked to be you know they're the fifth best. Uh, I don't know favorite to win the Stanley Cup. Okay. 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 All right. So well, they, they, they've reshuffled everything. They're doing bubbles in Canada. Yeah. They're doing all types of wild things up there. Right. So their division is going to be Boston, Philly, the Penguins, thank God, the Islanders, Rangers, Buffalo, and New Jersey. I like That's it. What that, sound, that sounds like natural close. rivals for us, right? Everybody yeah. close. And we, so. we, and we just don't know what the impact of Lundqvist's injury is going to be. Um, because, it, I mean, yeah. I, he's an older player, but, uh, I mean, his track record is, you know, Second to none, really, and punts goalies that are active right now. I I wonder, yeah. you know, I wonder how the odds changed when his injury was announced. I still think they were counting on Samsonov to really be holding holding it down and starting most of the games. Yeah. You think so? Yeah. He's just young, though. He's only twenty three. Yeah, you know? but right. it's nice having Zdeno Char having a you know a six ten guy in front of you. I, I saw Punks has got to help, dude. Yeah, I, we saw footage of him just skating at practice uh, last night. I think it was on uh, you know one of the local sports channels. I was like, my goodness, especially on skates, he looks like he's not even human. He looks like he came <laughs> from you know planet Giganto. <laughs> and it's just like, dude, you can be on my team. He's the guy, he's the guy you want coming off your bus. Uh, when, yeah, put when, him first. Yeah, put him first. He's coming off the bus first. Like, oh, God, we're in trouble. That guy. But, yeah, he just, you know, and it's amazing that he's only, he's not even playing for a million bucks a year. But, I mean, I guess he's got the incentives to, 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 to make more than that. But just a man of his stature, it's kind of amazing that. He's playing for so cheap. Anyway, uh, I think that the Caps will be there. I think oh, they'll, they'll be, be there. Contender. I mean, like they have too much talent not to be there, too much experience. All right, yeah, so to wrap it up with the, uh, the Washington Caps and around the district. Uh, so they'll start off on Thursday and Friday with back-to-back games against the Buffalo Sabres. And uh, that's it. Let's uh, go to a break, and we'll come back and talk some uh, Washington football team, yeah? Yeah, man. Uh, there's not enough time to talk about everything that happened this season and that game. So we'll get right into it. Social distancing slows the spread of coronavirus. So if you have a fever, dry cough, and shortness of breath, call your healthcare provider before going in. More info at coronavirus.gov. Let's all do our part because we're all hashtag alone together. Brought to you by the Ad Council. This is a play that can make this game really interesting. Heineke, third and five at the eight. Pocket collapses. He ducks his head, somehow gets out of it. He's running to the left side, to the five. Diving for the end zone. Is he in? Waiting for a Touchdown! Touchdown, Washington! Taylor Heineke with an incredible scramble to the pylon. Hey, I used to call Russell Wilson Houdini and Cleese, man. I think I might have to take that from Russ and get it to Taylor Heineke, (laughs) man. As Chase Young is in the end zone celebrating, dancing with him, man, because that's what he wants. He wants to see this guy go out, compete, and want as much as him. Chase Young was seen a little bit more on television supporting players rather than making plays. I do believe he was hurt yesterday, and I could kind of tell. I was like, why is Chase Young not making any kind of an impact? He's slipping. 
Uh, I just wanted to mention that he did, you could tell that he his there was something wrong with his groin or his hip or some something like that. He just couldn't plant the way he was just slipping all over the place, and then he eventually just came out of the game and was limping pretty badly. So that's wondering why Chase didn't really show up. He was uh, he was not 100% uh, yesterday. But anyway, yes, the uh, we were just saying that imagine in August, this team coming off a 3-13 and season, new coach, you know, you know, and not really sure about your quarterback. You know, Haskins was looking like he was in better shape, but you didn't really hear a lot of his teammates, you know, go over the top with for, with praise at the start of the season. It was kind of one of those things, like they were asking Terry McLaurin and a few other players, like, hey, what are you seeing about a Haskins? Like, because, you know, you, you're hearing all these positive stories about how his, he was in better shape and he was taking it more seriously and it seemed like he'd grown up a little bit. Um and there was just a lot of positive. And then you hear, like, Terry McLaurin, who was his teammate in Ohio State, you think those guys would be tight. And he was like, yeah, you know, we're, 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 see, we're, we're seeing good good stuff from Dwayne. Yeah. It was kind of like that. It, was, it wasn't like, oh, absolutely, he's lighting up. It's like, yeah, we, we, we like what we're seeing, and we're, we're, we're hopeful. There was this kind of, like, not exactly – over the top with with what they were seeing. Really. It actually sounded a little disingenuous and falsely generated. You yeah, know, by his own camp, by Haskins' own camp. Well, it, Not that it was a bad thing to try to do because it was a good look for him, but it just didn't come to fruition for him because he played terribly. He, he just he, did. He played badly, and it was like you know, and his teammates were trying to prop him up and saying, "Okay, come on, dude. If you're going to be our dude, let's be the dude." But I don't really think that he had won over anybody from that team. And, and here's why: is because when you're on the sideline of an NFL game and you're you know you're you're kind of a middle of the road player. You're not the guy who gets a lot of press. Uh, you're not, you know, a million dollar a game type player that some of these guys are. Uh, when you are making maximum effort and you are sacrificing your Friday nights instead of going out with your boys and having some beers, your nose is in, you know, the playbook. And you're the guy doing that. And then you know, you know, just because you've been at the facility and you've watched another player not put in the effort, and then that player throws a pick or just makes a bad play that's totally accountable for the fact that they did not prepare. Like you start to really resent the player that's not putting in the effort. I'll agree. I mean, it was pretty clear that he didn't really ever have the locker room, much less whatever he, whatever portion of it he did have, he lost it. And the, uh, the captain's C on his Jersey was basically a falsehood. That was just really an effort by the coaching staff to try to prop him up into that type of role. Yeah. But he never really quite lived up to it. He's not a bad guy. And I'm, you know, I no, hope he does well just, wherever he goes, really. I get, I get the sense that my point in doing this is like, look at the contrast between that and the way the way the team talked about Heineke. Taylor Heineke after the game. Like, you know, what, listen to the way Chase Young talks about him. Listen to the way Terry McLaurin. Listen to the way, you know, all these guys who didn't even know who this guy was. And now they're ready to, to go to battle with this guy. You know, and that just goes to show you that if you're. Your quarterback makes plays with his body, and he sacrifices himself, and he and he tries hard. The team will just rally around him because I mean, you know, there there you know there's 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 no favoritism in a foxhole. You know what I mean? Like when the bullets are flying, you want a dude who's good with a gun. You don't really care if he's a good guy or a bad guy, or you like him, or you want to go to his house for barbecue, or you agree with his politics. You want to you want the baddest ass dude that you can find when you're in a foxhole. And I think that. As much as they, we wanted to like Dwayne Haskins because he was a high draft pick and he was from the area and all those things, and he seemed like a genuinely high character, good kid. I mean, you know, no one's ever going to, you know, he's not going to wind up on, on, on a police blotter or something like that. That's not who he is. No. 
Um, but it was just so disappointing to see his effort and then the way his teammates reacted towards him. And then you see polar opposite the way they are acting towards Taylor Heineke and the effort that he gave yesterday in the uh, unfortunate playoff loss. It truly was. That, that, that was an effort that really couldn't have been expected. I mean, he was he was basically the reason why they were in the game as long as they were in it and had a chance to win it at the end, which who would have thunk it? You know, just a mere month and a half ago when this team was just absolutely in a puddle of mud. Yeah. And we were thinking about, maybe, well, what's our draft position? Well, speaking of draft position, it's now come time to ask a couple of questions like, oh, do we give Taylor Heineke a chance to – to lead this team next year or or was this just like a, a Todd Collins thing where he had a few good games and then you know there's a reason why he was an undrafted free agent like it, that's my philosophy on this is he guys like that can look good for five six games and then either the league catches up with them from a talent standpoint or from a scheme tense point or, or, or he gets hurt and you look at Taylor Heineke he got hurt he didn't even make it through the game without having to go back to the locker room it's like there's a reason why guys who are seventh rounders and undrafted that there's a reason why they they go there hey, can i interject an early question i know this isn't the question segment yeah but since you guys are talking about it what? sophie had been wondering why like how was it that taylor heineke was even on the street like how was he not already on a team right so i was discussing this with uh my friend richard yesterday about i have a philosophy that in the nfl you have a window to show that you can play and if for whatever reason that window closes and you haven't had success, the league kind of moves on from you. Um, but I am sure that there are plenty of players out there who, you know, were drafted late or they just didn't, they weren't quite ready to be good right when they came out of college. And then they got on a team and maybe they didn't have the success they wanted. And then they got relegated to a backup and pretty soon they're out of the league. What you don't know is that that player has been acquiring knowledge that whole time. And, if a team was willing to give them a chance, like all of that knowledge from all the failures that they had, they're ready to go. But no team is going to willing to give a guy a chance because he's had a track record of not being that good. So how many guys like there are out there, like Taylor Heineke, who are who can play in the league, but their track record when they first came out in college is just bad, and they maybe they're on a bad team, and you know everyone's looking for the next big quarterback. Guys like him just get forgotten about. I mean, I, I think that's the answer. Scott Turner did know about him. Yeah, he, I mean, he's he actually was, the only guy. Yeah, yeah. He was actually on the Panthers him. and actually started a game for he them. He did, and okay. actually was cut by the Panthers. Right. And he, he played uh, last year in this in the AAF, this American Alliance of Football, in the St. Louis the Battle Hawks, Hawks. and he it's never just, played. He was the backup. He didn't get a amazing. chance. It's amazing. Like, yeah, he was he was he, the Battle Hawks backup. How can somebody look that go straight off the street and look that comfortable? It's, I mean, it's amazing. I, I think the answer to that is a that sometimes quarterbacks are better than you realize who are not getting a chance. Like they they've just you know you have to ask yourself are you like imagine imagine for a second for a second that it's august july and we're trying to figure out who's going to be the quarterback of this team and someone suggests hey taylor heineke could is available well he's going to be in camp next year i don't think there's any doubt about that now that we've seen what we've seen yes but i'm talking about this summer imagine somebody suggested that taylor heineke would be a good starter for this team you would have well, laughed him out I was of the like, room. who is who is that yeah but scott turner clearly knew maybe yeah. nobody else did but he certainly knew yeah absolutely he's the one who went know. down and got him he was taking his exams final exams yeah the only guy that scouted him in the nfl was scott turner I mean, sometimes you just have, about you, you, I mean, you have a relationship with somebody like, man, I'm, this kid can do it. All he needs is the chance. That makes me doubt scouting. 
It really does. Well, it's an imperfect I, science. I, I mean, jeez. That's nuts. I, and again, like players change. Like the player that you were as a junior in college is not the player that you are when you're 26 after four or five years as a backup in the NFL or whatever it is. Like you, you learn stuff and you, you learn about work ethic and you learn about preparation. And you learn about more sophisticated yeah. schemes and sometimes it just takes time. But by the time you are ready to really put that into, into motion, you're 30 years old and the league has moved on to the next younger guy. Okay, yeah, but he's what's his age? Speaking of you, said that do he's we know? like twenty six or something. He's twenty five, twenty six. He's young. All right. All right. I mean, I guess that's why people aren't going to give up on Haskins. Or, you know, someone probably yeah. will give him another Haskins chance. Haskins got another shot, and he is going to be visiting Carolina. Carolina, and I and after yeah. we what we saw in Pittsburgh, I mean, I don't know if they like Haskins, but they they need they need quarterback help in Pittsburgh. Uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, Roethlisberger, it's not that he's bad, but they just he was bad last night. He was bad last night, and it seems like his skills are diminishing a little bit, maybe. A little bit. I don't know. It's hard to say. Um, so real quick, uh, let's go over what exactly happened yesterday. Uh, and I know we were, we're running up against a break a little bit. No, no, we're not? Okay. Um, so this game started off pretty pretty according to script. I mean, most most of the wins that Washington has had excuse me, have been... Uh-oh. You all right, bud? Carrot in the back of the mouth. Gotcha. Not actual carrot, but feels <laughs> like. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Most of the wins they've done have had a particular script, as I know you're about to say. They haven't scored a lot of points, but they also haven't given up a lot of points. This was the exact opposite of that. And then I know you're going to. Get well, that. it's just like you know they they get down ten points, fourteen points in the first quarter, first half. Well, yeah, you're correct. They, that's like you know Washington's about to win a game when they're down ten nothing in the first quarter. <laughs> <laughs> My cousin texted me like, we got them right where we want them. Yeah, I know. That was exactly the thing. But that, that's been their script, and we've talked about why. They, they don't have a lot of you know, create-your-own-offense-type players, and so they have to kind of get the feel of the game. And we can say that Scott Turner and, and Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio are making really, really nice uh, halftime adjustments, so that's another reason. But uh, in this case, yeah, they got down uh, 10 nothing in the first quarter in a hurry. And Antonio Brown... Uh, Basically, just put on a little nifty move on. Uh, I think it was Jeremy Reeves who was covering him on the right sideline, and he was just I wide think it was open. Moreland actually. I was with Moreland, okay, and uh, he was wide open. I was like, "Oh, dude, this game is going to be fifty-nine to nothing." The way this is going, because I was like, "It's unfair." They have they have Antonio Brown. They have I mean, Gronkowski, who's not really even doing anything. We have to mention that he's there. Brait was big, but it was uh, Evans Brayton. who showed up. Yeah, I thought he was going to be hurt and maybe miss the game. He ended up getting a buck thirteen. He did, and it was just kind of like the way he used him, the way the team used uh, Evans was really clever. It's like they basically put him in on plays where they really needed him, and then they, 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 they kept him out, and they massaged his injury. I mean, he only played. He, he didn't have that many snaps, but it, he caught everything that, that, uh, you know, that was thrown, that Brady threw to him. And Brady had, by the way, one of the nicest passes to solidify that game in the fourth quarter. We're going to get to that. That was a beautiful thing, and I hated seeing it, but it was like, oof. Anyway, so the first quarter, yeah, they're down uh, quickly. The defense did show up and 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 hold Brady and, and the group to a field goal after that opening drive. It looked like they were going right, to go to, right down and score. But the defense did stiffen, a little bend-don't-break action. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Montez made a play in there, and uh, they were able to hold Brady to a field goal, and then they scored the touchdown with on the Antonio Brown pass where he was – it's pretty wide open. Yeah. Pretty wide That's open. That's where we, I really thought things might get away quite quickly. Yeah. But then, you know, in the second quarter, Heineke started scrambling. 
he started getting away from pressure, and he was he was hitting, he was and he was throwing the ball downfield. That's what I really liked about him. And the one thing I noticed about him which is why he's not going to be an NFL starter, even even though he looked good, is that he's a bit of a Gardner Minshew. Explain that to the to the crowd. So Gardner Minshew is has been a starter for the Jacksonville Jaguars over the last couple of seasons. Uh, he was an, a seventh-round pick or an undrafted free agent, one of the two. He's a very late draft pick, and he may have gone undrafted. I, either one doesn't really matter. Seventh round and undrafted, roughly the same thing. And... Uh, Gardner Minshew has everything you want from an NFL quarterback. He's mobile. He's smart. He plays with moxie. He plays with toughness. He's accurate. He understands what he's saying, and his teammates really like him, and he plays tough. But he's got a noodle arm. He's got he's got Chad Chad Hennington arm. Yeah, it's it's true. Heineke does not exactly have a, a gun, but neither did Joe Montana. Neither did Joe Montana, but he, well... I don't know how maybe he may have had a better one than that, but that, w- watching the velocity on some of Heineke's throws down the field led me to believe that, like, if there was any sort of contesting action going on with the defensive back on that play, that way it would have been either intercepted or certainly broken up. He doesn't have a lot of zip on his ball, and I don't think that's ultimately why he can't really be a starting quarterback for this team. We should. I, I'm wondering what you think about it. Let's get back into that when we uh, come back from this break. One in three adults has prediabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has prediabetes, with early diagnosis, prediabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its prediabetes awareness partners. Hey, Coach, final thing for you, as you look at all the, the ups and downs from this season and the things that you went through personally as well, I mean, how would you, if somebody said to you a few years down the road, how would you describe your first season in Washington, what would you say to them? Huh. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I tell them. I tell them, are you kidding me? Holy right. smokes. It was, uh, but I will say this, though. Um, I'm proud to have been this, 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 this team's head coach. I, I really am. I'm very proud to have been this team's head coach. And, uh, yeah. you know, and I, I said this earlier, one of the sad things about this is things will change. And, and, and you know, as we go forward, but uh, this was really cool. I enjoyed the hell out of it. And uh, I, will, I will always look back at this very fondly. And welcome back to the Native Sun DC podcast. There's a... Uh... The great who <laughs> band, <laughs> <laughs> who the who the who band with their song won't get fooled again. That is the musical intro in, or musical interlude between verses two and three. Thank you very much. That soundbite that producer Matt Yancey played about of Coach Rivera was awesome. It was like how would you describe this year? Like. Bah! Are you kidding me? I, know. I mean, he's, I heard that last. I was like, we got that was a good there. bite. I didn't hear that. Um, he's so eminently likable, and that just put a smile on my face to hear. They, he's, 
Uh, well, like, what, aren't like, we psyched to have him as our coach right now? If you tried to describe everything that happened to him and around him during this year, you'd you'd forget about a whole bunch of stuff that was would normally be the first thing that you would even mention. It's insane what that man went through this year. Insane. It might even sound like you made it up. That's how much stuff there was. If you just talk about the weird stuff that was going on with the team that he joined, just that alone would be like, dude, you went through a lot this year. Yeah, a little. Oh, but he had cancer and there was COVID. And that carries with it a few things. Anyway, really quickly, um, I I wanted to make a correction. This has been on my mind to do this about about a month ago when uh, Antonio Gibson, the Washington running back, who did not look very good in, against Tampa Bay. All the Tampa Bay's run defense is very good. and they It's the number him. one run defense in the, in the league. Of. They, they bottled him up. And the offensive line uh, was not really able to open a whole lot of holes for him either. No, and, he's, and you're right. He might still have that turf toe. Uh, he might still have been suffering from that. So I described turf toe as an elongation of the toe ligament. Uh, it is exactly the opposite of that. Don't if some guy who's not a doctor tells you what an injury is on a podcast, just ignore that. He's making that up, or he he thought he heard something from like three weeks ago, and he's wrong about it. That's where I got it. I heard somebody say that it is not elongation. It is exactly the opposite. Is when your toe gets slammed into the turf so hard that the joint that uh, between your toe and the rest of your foot basically suffers trauma. It's like basically somebody take a hammer and just smash that joint. And it just takes a lot. There's nothing you can do about it. I mean, your big toe is so crucial to everything that you do. So, no, turf toe is not in the elongation of the ligaments. It is damage to the joint that connects the big toe to the rest of the foot. Thank you very much. Um, You mentioned something about, and you both did, about Taylor Heineke's performance yesterday. Uh, You know, we can't understand how somebody can just come off the street and play that well. Um. The remarkable thing that I thought when I was watching him play was that it took all of, I mean, I think maybe halfway through the second, maybe halfway through the third quarter, somewhere in that neighborhood, I began to to trust him. I began to feel safe with him behind the center. I, I was like, if something bad happens, he's going to do the right thing. I had it in my head with a little bit of confidence, and I think maybe even a little bit more than a little bit of confidence, that we were going to go down and score. Not only score, but get the two points and go to overtime in that game. I I certainly thought it was possible. I I sort of felt like something was going to happen, and and it just didn't feel like we were quite there yet. I want to contrast this with you from a, um, a Washington quarterback from years gone by. This is a quarterback who actually started in a Super Bowl, then left that team. And Washington signed him. Do you know who I'm talking about? Just just by that description. You're talking about Brad Johnson. I'm talking about Rex Grossman. Okay. Rex Grossman sexy started. Rexy. Sexy Rexy Grossman started for the Chicago Bears. Sure did. Uh, against uh, Colts. The, the Colts. Um, that was the game there. Uh, Devin Hester returned the opening kickoff for a touchdown, but the Colts eventually. You know, the Bears just weren't good. They were. Their offense was. Their defense was, was sick, but he was awful. But he was Grossman awful. Was bad. But there are times. I mean, there can be like two, three-quarter stretches where Rex Grossman looks like the next coming of the next great quarterback in this league. And then he throws an interception that makes you turn to your friend and go, what, 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 what was that? What did he just do there? What did, he, what, what did that mother just do yeah. with that football? How 
does he throw that pass? He was a confusing player. He was a likable guy, too. He just wasn't very good. Up. I think he's talking about your guy with your mental brain farts every once in a while. Like, Grossman was just like, if he got in a rhythm and everything was fine, he could just boom, 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 boom. Like, dude, this, is the, this guy's got serious talent. And then he would throw to, into triple coverage when there was a dude wide open right in front of his face. He also suffered from something, what you were sort of saying, uh, might possibly be the demise of, or the reason why guys like Heineke don't, show up in the NFL as often as they might is because he was a gunslinger but also had a, a pop gun arm. And that that's a bad combination. When you're when you're willing to go ahead and sling the ball around and you really can't fit it in the tight windows, that's when things get intercepted and returned for touchdowns. Yeah. And you go to the bench. Exactly. Or that's when you throw 40-yard passes to guys who are triple covered just because you felt like Aaron and out that time. Don't. Don't make your decision about who you're going to throw to before the, the play goes. Anyway, do you have a question? Yeah, maybe this is a good time to sprinkle in one here. Yeah, um, we have a, who's, who's this from? This is this Isaac in Chevy Chase. Isaac! If, uh, what do you guys think would, hap- would have happened if Alex had played, had started the game? Better or worse? Worse. worse. By a lot. By a lot. Yeah, I have to agree. Isaac. Because Alex Smith was not mobile in the last game that he played. He just could not get away from pressure. Couldn't. He might have gotten injured in that game, as yeah. a matter of fact. With, 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 the, with that defensive line that Tampa Bay has, I mean, we all we talked, we mentioned this before last week's show, um, which is that everybody talks about Tampa Bay and Tom Brady, and they should, with all the wide, refe- uh, wide receiver talent and everything that they have. Their defense might be the best thing on that team. They're, they're, especially their defensive line. They're, they're, they're yeah. really good with uh, JPP and uh, Dominican Sue. Yeah. That's they've a, got a rookie there that's name his escapes me, and I'm embarrassed, but uh, he was all, he's also a very good player. There's, there's a, that, that is a brutal. I mean, they're not quite as good as the Washington defensive line, but they're, they're right there. I mean, they might be better against the run than we are. They I were think, number one against the run this year. You have to say, yeah. I mean, so if they're good against the run, that means that they can penetrate into the backfield, and Alex Smith was just going to, he was going to be in trouble. Like, you remember those, there's three scrambles that Heineke made that blew my mind. Like, he was like, literally, like, doing a little whirly bird, twirl around, get out. Like, how is he not getting sacked there? Alex Smith takes a sack on all three of those plays. And if you recall, on two of those little whirly bird scramble things, big plays happened. One was the touchdown that, to, to the pylon. The amazing like, touchdown. Amazing touchdown. It looked like RG3. You know, this is very similar type of play where he reached for the pylon like that. And then there was another scramble where, I mean, it looked like he was being sacked and ended up uh, throwing to, I think it was Sims on the run. He scored it out to the right. Yep. And and and, and Cam Sims obviously was not being covered the way Terry McLaurin was. So Cam Sims was open a lot. And uh, and Heineke has a, a really good comfort level with them because they're both backups in this. So they've they sort of played together a little bit before or something. I don't really know I don't, how. I don't know if that's exactly the case. All I know is he targeted him over a dozen times in that game. And yeah. you, you called it in the beginning of the game. You're like, Sims is going to have a big game. Yep. And except for that one really big drop on the yeah. very first series they had, which mm-hmm. was, I don't know, about a 45-yard pass right down the middle. They hit him right in the hands. He's got to come up with that ball. Yeah, there. he does. He does. But, I mean, look, guys missed, guys just drop passes. Did you see? The Bears, dude. Oh, my God. <laughs> So last night, if you haven't seen it in the, uh, well, we're going to get to around the the NFL after this segment. But now that you, I can't not mention this. There was a play in the Bears Browns game, uh, uh, Saints. Uh, Browns, excuse me, Bears Saints game where they ran a flea flicker. It was still early, you know. Bears were still in the game. The pass, literally, I don't know 
It was about a 50-yard pass. Hit him. People say hit you between the eight and the three. The ball actually hit him in the jersey between the eight and the three. Yeah. It hit him in the in the sternum. It was right in the bread basket. <laughs> it literally <laughs> hit him in the sternum. Uh, it was in the back third of the end zone for a sure touchdown, which might have really turned the balance of that game. I mean, the, it ended up kind of being an easy victory in the end, but that's only because they couldn't score. They score there. That really brings in a different dynamic to that game. But anyway, boy, guys just drop touchdown passes. They just do. It does happen. Even guys like DK Metcalf, I saw him drop one wide open. I don't know if anyone was a better wide receiver in, in the league this year than, than Metcalf. No, I mean, Montana, Moss, they've, they, I mean, uh, sorry, uh, Rice and Moss, they, those guys. They've they dropped them. Drop, they've dropped them. They all do. Uh, we got one minute before we go to break. Uh, I, I want to take this minute and just uh, make a quick comment on the defensive effort uh, that we saw against uh, Tampa Bay. Obviously, Chase Young was out of the game towards the end. So if you're wondering, you know, he, he was basically kind of kept off the stat sheet. Uh, Deron Payne had such a fantastic fumble, like fumble punch out. I mean, that the running back was a half an inch from the ground, and Deron just punched that ball out. Those are the types of plays that you, you, you don't ever, 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 ever get rid of Deron Payne because that guy is just going to make a play like that every three, three or four games. Uh, we, do we have a question or do you want to wait Text, for it? Well, I know you have a question over there. I see it. Let me just get it out of the way. It's All right, not let's e- get it out of the way. It's All not right. even a question. It's a comment. All right, so we're going to go to this. We're going to answer and this comment and then uh, go to the break and then kind of wrap up some of the other playoff action that we saw yesterday and uh, get to the next game. This so. is from the great Murray Frog, Mitch. Oh, Mitch. American Mitch Frog in we, London. We take, we take one so question from Mitch every day. Guys. Yes, American Frog in London. Hello. Mitch says, okay, actually, this is actually not a question. But he just wanted to thank you all three. I'll just read this. I just wanted to thank you all three for helping this native son find his D.C. sports roots. Being an expat for so long, I nearly forgot that my blood runs burgundy and gold and also red, white, and blue, parenthetically. He says, um, so drop the bomb on the London crew and I'll keep listening. I know given the Battle of Britain, that's a horrendous analogy. <laughs> but there you go. Cheers, boys. The so Battle of Mitch. That's I think, nice from Mitch. Thank you, Mitch. Mitch is a good dude, man. We love we love Mitch Resnick. Mitch, Mitch, the Battle of Britain happened in uh, 1941. I think I think it's okay to mention to to make historical reference. It's not too soon. It's not. It's it's not too soon. No, <laughs> it's been long enough. Statute of limitations has worn off on that. I think. Uh, yeah, it has. Um, we are going to go to a quick break, and then we come back. There was. There were five of the six games yesterday, and really all six were good. But so five, much football. It was awesome. F- five of the games were, were exceptional that went down right to the end. And, uh, boy, if you love NFL football, this is a good weekend for you, and it, it just gets better. But we'll, we'll recap what we saw and, and where the Washington football team goes from here. Stay tuned. Have you always wanted to learn French? Or maybe you want to brush up on your high school or college French? The Alliance Francaise de Fertique is here for you. They offer French classes for children and adults. All classes are taught by native French speakers. Please visit their website at affrederick.org for more information on classes and virtual events. Heineke empty backfield, takes the snap, 
Throws toward the corner of the end zone. Steven Sims, did he get his feet in? Yes! Touchdown! Touchdown, Washington! What a fade throw from Heineke to Steven Sims Jr. And what a beautiful ball by Taylor Heineke. I mean, what a beautiful ball, and he gets two feet in. Barely drags that toe. All right, so I have a plan now. Welcome back to the Native Sun DC podcast. Uh, I have a plan that I'm just going to talk smack about Cam and or Steven Sims all game long because every time I do, they turn around and make a good play. Like, I was so angry at Cam Sims for, for dropping that pass. I was like, that guy's trash. And then he goes out and catches you know, 10 balls for 100 yards or whatever. And then Steven Sims catches that beautiful, beautiful pass from Taylor Heineke in the left-hand side of the end zone. I mean, that was just a... He couldn't have played. I mean, that, that, that threaded the tricycle, the tire. That throw was so perfect, it's almost indescribably perfect. In fact, it was almost too perfect that they called it back because he was so close to going out of bounds and so close yeah. to not really getting possession. But It's weird. It's like he, he never lost control even though his hands were not on the ball. Like he, It's like he almost he purposely didn't have his hands on the ball for half a second because it just wasn't in the position that he wanted. It was just a... It could it could have been called incomplete, but I felt like it was a touchdown from the from the moment I saw it. Yeah, Brady was 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 begging for it to be called back, but yeah, no, whatever. That's a touchdown every every little, day. All he day had a little long. bias, I think. Mr. I think Brady. so too. Yeah. Um, so real quick before we get into the next thing, I know when I was looking at our text messages, we both had a what moment when we saw the squib kick. I think it was about towards the end of the second quarter after they scored their first touchdown. Why why did they do that? And you're saying there's a reasonable explanation. I don't know what it is. We were all confused, and then there was actually a, in one of Rivera's postgame presser, or the Rivera postgame presser, he explained that it was actually something that they had seen in Carolina's uh, kick return formation, that they could sort of squib it into the middle and have it hopefully mm. either dribble it, it, around and get picked up. You, you, didn't even care, you, mean, you meant Tampa Bay, not Carolina. I apologize, yes, yes sir. Tampa Bay, yes. All right, so... Uh, he, that was actually done on purpose. It was explained that... Um, they were, they were going Hop, for a little something. Hop, they were going for something, and Hopkins just didn't make a very good kick. Okay. But I still think that was kind of a momentum killer at, at the time. But then again, if they get it. Then they yeah. go in and score you know, a touchdown, and they're, now they're up after seeming like they were going to get blown out. Now they're up 14 to 10 at the half. I mean, that's, that, that, would be, that would be Washington football in 2020. That's how that rolls. Okay, uh, where are we at? What are we doing? We're doing, we're doing some around the NFL. All right, I want to tell you about – uh, the six of the most glorious games. I mean, I was supposed to do a lot of work, and I was like, you know what? I'm way too entertained by the NFL. I'm just going to lie here in bed and watch these games, and and that's all I'm going to really do. Uh, I love the fact that uh, two teams that have not historically been very good in the last couple of decades won playoff games yesterday. That would be your Cleveland Browns. Uh, I'm, I'm just thinking about all your all your buddies. For the, all the all the dudes that used to show up in, in Chief Ike's like all, you know ten years ago, whatever it was, the Brown Town Boys, the Brown Town Boys, like all those guys are really nice guys and they love their Browns. I mean, you know, those guys are awesome. Um, have, have you talked to any of them yet about? You know, I know you, you you keep in touch with a few. I have to, via text message, I I get uh, Mike Obrock and uh, shout out to Mike Obrock and his mother Carol. Uh, very nice people. And also uh, Tommy, whose last name escapes me at the moment, but uh, Mike, Mike, and Tommy were my my buddies from there. And they're very nice kids. Yeah, well, send them send them a text message. And let me know how they're feeling. Let, let, let's find out. Let's maybe get get one of those guys to call in or something. I'd be curious to to hear them hear their take about what they thought of the game. I mean, good idea. Amazing, amazing. Like everybody, I think Pittsburgh was like a seven or nine point favorite of that game. 
Something big. They were big favorites. They, they were the second biggest favorite on the board uh, behind the Saints, who I believe were 10-11 points. Now, a lot of the reason for that is that the Browns were really coming in with a skeleton crew. I mean, they had Baker Mayfield was saying that he literally was introducing himself to linemen in the locker room before the game. That's not normal. And then those guys actually protected him on the field during the game. I cannot remember ever hearing anything like that, where you're literally introducing yourselves to the teammates an hour before the game starts. That reminds me of a game that we went to Seattle and won several years ago, and that was under uh, your boy Jay Gruden. My boy. Yeah. Also, you know, the head coach for the Browns wasn't even on the sidelines last night. Stefanski wasn't even allowed to because of the COVID. Because of the COVID and his offensive coordinator. They had their head coach and their offensive coordinator were not there. And yet, I mean, they were up 28 to nothing. Now, obviously, that was just a bizarre. I mean, kudos to the Browns defense for absolutely taking it upon themselves to win that, go out and win this game when they were missing a bunch of wide receivers, you know, offensive linemen. The, the offense was decimated with by COVID. Play call, everything. And the defense just went out and won that, won that game. So kudos to them and kudos to the Buffalo Bills for winning their first playoff game. And God knows how long. I mean, listen. It's if you're, 25 years, buddy. Yeah. I, uh, if, there's ever, if there's a team that can beat the Chiefs, and that's one of my ping pong questions we're going to get to. Same here. Darn it. Don't, are we both? Are we? Are we, are we <laughs> yeah, we're ping, both on that one. Are we pinging the same pong? That's all right. Are we we can do that. Are we the same ping? I got backup questions. All right, fine. I, I, that would be the team that I would pick to say because I don't think Green Bay can 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 hang for four quarters with with that offense. They're good. Their defense is better. But if the Chiefs and Green Bay end up in the Super Bowl, I'm taking the Chiefs ten times out of ten. If the Chiefs and Buffalo end up in the AFC Championship game, I don't know that I'm not liking the the Bills in that matchup. I think I might be with you on that. I'll, be, I'll be certainly be rooting for them. What, what did you think about this, if, since we've only got a minute left before we have to go to break and wrap it up with some ping pong, what mm-hmm. did you think about the game, the, the Seahawks and Rams? That was a really interesting game. I never thought in a million years. That was a years tough game. That, that the Rams were going to win that game. But I'll tell you, there's, I'm actually glad that you mentioned that because there is a player on the Rams that I think it's now time to start paying attention to, and that is running back Cam Akers. Uh, you don't really hear much about him. He's not, you know, he's not one of those big names. He's not the Todd Gurley that they used to have over there. Cam Akers, all he does is like put up massive numbers and do everything the coaches tell him to do. And he runs straight ahead. He's a no nonsense runner, and he had like 136 rushing yards and I think another 40 uh, on in the air. He had a great game yesterday. Cam Akers is a player that you're going to be hearing about in this league. But look. The Rams won that game purely on defense. God, you're you're, you're right because it's a good thing they had Cam Makers because the two quarter, but they started a guy named Wolford. Yeah, John Wolford. He got hurt, and then they put in Goff, who's awful. Who I mean, so he he will not be the quarterback on that team next year. I don't know. I mean, obviously he was just coming off a of thumb surgery, so he was not at his best. But he's not. He was not playing this well before the thumb surgery. But you're right. Uh, Aaron Donald and that Rams defense are fantastic. Aaron Donald might be the best player in the league. He really might be. Aaron Donald also got hurt towards the end of that game. Um, so that's going to end up being a problem for them. Uh, by the way, I, I, I did hear that Doug Peterson, head coach of the Eagles, he might get fired. I heard that too. Status uh, uncertain. Status uncertain. Uh, I, I'm surprised by that. I think that I figure that this little his mistake of the way he handled uh, the basically the tanking of the game against us. Um, was was going to blow over, but it's not blowing over. And 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 Lurie is pissed about that, and he's pissed about the direction of the team. So he might he might not make it. I have a hard time thinking it was just him. Yeah, uh, do, are we missing any games um, before before we go to break? Real quick, 
Uh, no, I think we're good. I think we covered everything. So, yeah, fantastic six games. We're going to do a little ping pong and wrap up, uh, put a little bow on this pig or lipstick on this package. Mm. Let's mix our cliches up as much as we can. Yes, sir. When we come back. I love nachos. Loving everything? You might be buzzed. You know what I'd love? A ride when it's time to head out. If you see a buzz warning sign, call for a ride when it's time to go home. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. 6.13 to go third quarter. 18 to 10 bucks. They're driving here. Two straight third down conversions. First and 10 now. The Washington 44-yard line. Gronk goes in motion. Brady will hand off to Vaughn. Got a nice hole up the middle. Exploits it. And the ball is out. Ball is out. And it looks like Washington has recovered it. John Bostic falls on it at the 39-yard line. Let's see what the call is. And yes, turnover. Washington will take over. What a hit. What a hit. What a hit by Cameron Curl. I'm over here doing my turnover dance <laughs> like I went to the U. That's what this defense needed. They needed to go make a play. And welcome back to the Native Sun DC podcast. That was actually, I thought that was the play that where Deron Payne punched the ball out, was it not? Yeah, why is he saying Cameron yeah, Curl? I guess was. he just didn't know. He didn't realize in the, in the moment there. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, welcome back. As we said, we're going to do a little ping ponging and a little sping sponging. Uh, anyway, uh, so we got some, I, w- I want to, let's go over quickly before we get to the ping pong, uh, what, what games that we have coming up uh this weekend. I mean, first of all, we have the national championship college game tonight. Boy, I don't know. I, I Alabama has the most talented roster by a long shot, but I, I kind of like the the character and the makeup of this Ohio State team. I can't get a, a good read about what I'm going to see tonight. I'll I'll agree with you. I, I can't believe they absolutely destroyed Clemson, who I thought was probably I thought might be the best team in the country, even even including Alabama. And so uh, for those of you who like to gamble, if you do take the Ohio State Buckeyes, you'll be catching eight and a half points, which is significant. And if I were to gamble, I think I might take the points. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. All right. Um, we have t- the, two, the two teams that were, uh, had a first-round bye. So this year is the first year that only one team gets a first-round bye because they added a new uh, playoff team. And so now you've got seven. You have an odd number, only one team. Uh, gets the playoff by. And so the yeah, the Packers are your number one seed in the NFC, and obviously the Chiefs are the number one seed in the AFC. Uh, and so we finally get to see those teams play uh, coming up here uh, this weekend. But after the... Uh, I don't know. Let me get back to Alabama real quick. And you, you thought... You said Clemson was... You thought they were the best team in college football? I, I thought they might win the whole thing. See, now... Alabama, the, here are the players that might go in the first round. And, and they're going to have a bunch of other players drafted in the second and third rounds. But Alabama might, they're definitely going to have the following players. Devonta Smith and Jalen Waddell, they're two great wide receivers. Both those guys easily going in the second round. And Waddle might actually go in front of Devonta Smith, even though Devonta Smith just won the Heisman Trophy. First wide receiver to win that award in, in quite some time. Since Desmond Howard. Who was drafted by your Washington football team, Joe Gibbs, right after the year that they won the Super Bowl in 91. That's correct. Um, so the number one seeds 
uh, are the Chiefs in the AFC and the Packers in the AFC. So we're finally going to get to see those teams play. Now, the Rams, surprisingly, are going to travel to Lambeau and play the Packers. Uh, that's the first game. So that's the afternoon game on Saturday. Uh, so that'll be at 4.30 on Fox. Uh, Packers are seven-point favorites in that one. Uh, Aaron Donald did suffer uh, an injury in the game. If he can't go, man, I think the Packers... The Rams are not very good right now. They have some issues. I think the Packers are going to kick the living crap out of them. I'll, I'll take the seven and to Green Bay to cover on that one. And then you've got Raven Bills, Ravens Bills, which I cannot wait to see that game. That'll be a slobber knocker. That will be. Um, and then, and then uh, the... Uh, You've got um, Browns Chiefs on Sunday and Buccaneers Saints on Sunday as well. Um, so it's gonna be some 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 great games. I, I I kind of like the Chiefs to kick the living crap out of the Browns. I just don't see how the Browns are gonna be able to hang with that team at all. Uh, I think the Saints are gonna edge the Buccaneers just on, on the on the fact that we were able to hold the the Buccaneers to. You know, not really that as many points as as many yards as I think that they would have liked, and the Saints' defense is better all around when you're considering the secondary and the linebackers and anything else than the Washington defense. The Saints have beaten the Buccaneers twice this year uh, in the regular season, and I think one of those times was very badly. I think they be, I yeah. think they beat them very badly. It's it's hard to beat a team three times. I mean, you know, you can you can blow out a team at the beginning of the year and then get blown out by them at the end. It it, it just changes. But certainly, I like the Saints. I mean, does anybody, you know? Does anybody think that uh, – who would you rather see, I guess, Brady and Rodgers in the NFC Championship or Brady uh, – or uh, Rodgers and um, Rodgers and Breeze? Would you, is it Breeze or Brady that you'd rather see face off against Aaron Rodgers in the NFC Championship game? Brady, just for the, the, for the drama. For the Let's, drama. Breeze, right. Breeze, to me, has never been one of my favorite yeah. guys. I don't know why. You, you He's know, a great player. He's a Hall of Famer. You notice he's getting that surgery on that on the face mole. You notice that it's all like beat up and like bloody after the game. It looks really gross. It's like oof. I'm looking forward for you to getting that healed up. All right, I'm ready for some ping pong, man. I'm tired of this football crap. Give me some ping. Give me some ping, buddy. Give me some of that pong. Give me some of that pong action. You know, my my stance has changed on this. I want to ask you, where do you stand on instant replay and the rules governing it at this point in the NFL? I'm all about speed. Anything they can do to speed that up is fine. I. I don't – scoring plays and turnovers that make total sense to me, I would really like to see um, if the referee calls the, the play down, you know, and then you can't review it. Let's change that. I mean, that's a big play. Like if the referee just says, oh, he's down, but not, you're seeing that change. But anyway, I just want to see brevity. I want to see an entire – I don't think it's possible. I'm sick of it. Situation. I'm, I'm sick of it, actually. All right. Are the Chiefs better or worse than they – this year than they were last year. Now, you remember last year, Worse. they got down by like three touchdowns and came back on several different occasions as the, as the year wore down. So their defense was suspect last year. They were more impressive to me last year. I don't think they'll win the Super Bowl this year. Prediction. You don't? No. Do you like the Bills? Or who, do you, I do. who are you going? I do like the Bills. Okay. What you got for me? Are you getting used to no fans in the stadiums? Or no. Something? It's weird. And in fact, I will tell you, I'm going to give you a little something about photography. Have you noticed that what they're doing is they're focusing on the players uh, in, in a, and blurring out the background. If you notice that different look, so that's, that's what's known as a bokeh in the industry, B-O-K-E-H. And that is the simple act of blurring out the background so that the foreground uh, is much more prominent. You never see that happen in the NFL because they want the fan experience. They want you to see all the fans 
you know, the camera's never going to do that because it's just a setting. So now you're seeing this constant weird thing where the, where the, it doesn't even look natural. Anyway, uh, what do you think Washington, D.C. is going to look like downtown? Are we, when are we going to get out of this like barriers and cops thing everywhere? Because it's now everywhere. Like I can't even – that's the thing people don't understand. Like I, if I meet my friend for a cup of coffee downtown, I'm just meeting him for a cup of coffee in a town. And then I get there and there's protesters everywhere and people telling me – X, Y, and Z. When, when can, does that does that stop in the next four years? Uh, let's hope so. That, that thing that we watched last Wednesday was so awful. Let's, let's hope it ends on the inauguration. We'll just re, let's reset the whole board here. Good luck with that. Okay, what you got for me? I think that's it for us. Let's uh, why don't you take us home, Bev? Well, no, I actually I have one more sports question for you before before we go. Um, what's Taylor Heineke's status? on the Washington football team next year? Like, uh, give me a, a solid prediction. What do you think will happen? He'll be at least the number three quarterback next year. Yeah, I think that's probably. I mean, if any team is going to bring him back, I mean, he's a free agent, so anybody can sign him. We we can sign him. Um, I think that the, this would be the logical place for him after what we saw. But uh, yeah, I think your three quarterbacks next year might be Heineke, Kyle Allen, Kyle Allen, and Sam Darnold. I think that's your three man quarterback. I love crew. Sam Darnold. He's just he's the best option. It's the best option out of a bunch of bad options. Anyway, uh, I think that's all we have time for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is the Native Sun DC podcast. Uh, we have a bunch of awesome playoff games coming up, so we'll get to those when we come back. And then we'll know a lot more about uh, the direction that this team is going. I'm sure there will be a few signings um, in terms of like, or at least some, some scuttlebutt about getting some guys, some new contracts and things like that. So we're going to update you with that when we come back next week. So, Stay safe. Happy New Year. All that good stuff. Wear your mask. And just be a dude. Just be a dude. Just like Chase Young says. Be a dude. Stay tuned for next week's awesome action. Bye-bye. When you see me again, I hope that you have been the kind of person.